0: Hey everybody! This is Clatu. You're listening to the GNU World Order. In this episode, I want to talk about a couple of things. For beginning with choice, how choice affects us, Linux and open source users. I think choice is interestingly one of the the, the most misunderstood features of Linux, and and it starts with how many linuxes there are to choose from and i feel like i've i've definitely fallen i mean i regularly fall into the trap of saying well there are just too many linuxes too many distributions out there it's getting silly we should scale back well i've i've never actually said we should scale back but i've i've said it's a it's a bad design and i i i still believe that i do believe that having 800 different distributions, or 600 or 100, whatever it is on DistroWatch, and whatever's actually active, and so on. Whatever the number is, it's too many. There should not be that many. There should be different ones. But then applied to those couple of different ones. There should be whatever you want to call it. Overlays, theme packs, mods, whatever whatever set of changes you want to apply to, I don't know, your Ubuntu base or your Debian base, probably more specifically. Well, I guess Ubuntu would be one of them because it's significantly different than Debian. Anyway, point being, we would have fewer foundations upon which to build rather than 800 different foundations and and i still believe that that's that that is there's you know if if someone's inclination is oh i want to make a new desktop for linux i had better start my own distribution then i think we can fairly say that that's indicative of a design flaw of a design problem that said not everyone says in order to make a desktop they need to create a new distribution so so i think that that the design isn't flawed it's it's just the the urge to to create a distribution is is widespread and that's okay and in fact i would argue that it's even illustrative of my point which i ought to get around to making at some point so the fact that people come to linux very frequently and are and their immediate thoughts upon discovering this thing is How can I make my own? That betrays that there's inspiration happening. And that's a big, big deal. I mean, you've got companies who spend lots and lots of marketing dollars on getting people, on on manufacturing inspiration. I mean, if you look at commercials for various computing and mobile platforms. Well, not that those two things are separate, but various platforms, various computing platforms, both uh, relatively stationary and mobile, you do. You, you see a lot of kind of manufactured inspiration that's trying to be peddled here. And and that's unique from other, other industries. You know, there are other there are other industries out there that try to manufacture other feelings and other other reasons to buy their product. But one of the big things about computers to, to consumers is this idea that you're going to, with this computing device, you are going to be more creative. You are going to be more connected to the, the people that you care about in your life. You're going to be you're going to feel more alive and isn't that a wonderful thing and and it is a wonderful thing when you shoot it in 4k video with uh, soft focus and inspiring music happening in the background that's a wonderful thing and, and it can be it, all of this can be yours for the low low price of $3,000 dollars or thousand dollars or whatever the price of that device happens to be and here's Linux that has zero marketing dollars Essentially, and certainly has never—I don't think—spent a dollar on on trying to get people inspired by by the operating system and yet that's what's happening it exists and people find it and then they want to create a version of that for themselves and of their own that's a difficult thing for us to quantify because we tend to want to have things that we can can hold on to and kind of grasp and and leverage one way or the other this isn't this this is really kind of neither here nor there you just you, you can look out and surmise from the plethora of linux distributions in existence that inspiration is happening people are getting excited about this thing and they are using it in new and interesting ways and that's i think if we have to have something quantifiable that is more or less quantifiable the new and interesting part that that that's it's a, it's a loaded term but i'm going to use it anyway that's innovation is what that's called when people take something that that has been delivered to them and then use it in in ways that you didn't expect them to use it. Once again, like, if we're talking about monetary value, there is a monetary value to that. You can go to any company, any technology company in the world, and just ask, mention their R&D department, and and who knows what you'll find. You'll find anywhere from thousands of dollars to millions of dollars being spent on just sitting around thinking about new ways of doing stuff. That's a huge part of, of, of development. So... The fact that, that Linux encourages, inspires it and then encourages it to happen is amazing. It's, it's, it's such a, it's such a precious thing that most of us take for granted because I think a lot of us are, are just doing it. And we, we, a lot of us are doing it on really, really tiny, small, Small levels and and we're doing it in ways that matter really ultimately, maybe only to us. I mean how many of us how many of us have quick little scripts that we've written to accomplish some mundane task that nobody else thinks is even worth doing, and yet it's one of those things around which our day revolves, like no, I have to check in on um on on the on the status of i don't know the the how many centimeters the the cucumber plant that i have in my sunroom has grown that day nobody cares about that nobody but you and yet you've devised some elaborate way to monitor plant growth in your sunroom or or moisture levels uh, uh, for of the soil of your plants or you've you've come up with a script that checks, I don't know, the price of um, a, a Cruel Tutor Magic the Gathering card because you're just itching to sell it off for a profit, or, or whatever, you know, like, whatever thing it is that you're doing, you've innovated. We've all done it. We've all done this on Linux, because that's what Linux encourages you to do by being a platform upon which you can build. And you don't have to fight To build, and that's a that's a really really significant thing. I I often acknowledge that you you can do all kinds of stuff on any platform. There are very very few sort of truly exclusive platform features of Linux, I, I feel. I mean, maybe there are on a technical level. We could talk about that all day. But but in terms of user user impression, user experience, there are very few truly exclusive features of Linux that don't exist elsewhere, either because Linux borrowed the idea from from them or because they borrowed the idea from Linux. One of my favorite examples for a very long time was virtual desktops. I can hit buttons on my keyboard and and I have different little workspaces that I have different tasks divided into those workspaces. And I couldn't do that for a very long time on any other computer. And probably even at the time, someone could have probably pointed me to some little freeware app out there that enabled that very behavior on, I don't know, maybe Windows, maybe Mac, who knows. But then Mac OS obviously has famously sort of, Borrowed, quote, borrowed that feature and, and integrated it into their OS, apparently. I don't know of any Mac OS user in the wild that actually uses the feature. However, it does exist, and there's a lot of examples of, of things that that you could sort of you could look at and say, well, this surely this would only be possible on Linux. But at the end of the day, if you spend enough time and enough thought and enough resources on it, you could do it on some other platform. It could happen. But I think that, and again, it's hard to quantify. But I think the 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 culture of linux not not of the community around linux but of of the operating itself the the culture between the operating system and the user is one of collaboration you can't really collaborate with an operating system it's not a sentient thing but the operating system if you can imagine if if one imagines that it that it could collaborate it is there and it is willing to help it is willing at least to stand aside and get out of the way and that is is very much not the norm. And, and you and I probably, dear listener, we probably both know this just from experience. But you know that if if you're trying to do something a little bit outside the norm on a proprietary operating system, it tends to be pretty difficult because there's no way to sort of hack into the areas that you want to get into. Those are blocked off intentionally. Those are made inaccessible to you because as far as the operating system developers vendor considers, uh, that's not something that you need to know about. And in fact, if if you were to get into that area, then you might break something. And then where would they be? They would look bad, you would file a support ticket in some mythical portal where support tickets actually exist, which I don't really know how you do that on a proprietary operating system. I haven't seen it in years, really. But in theory, I guess you could do that, right? You could complain to someone about something, and... And then what would happen? So they, they block those areas off because that's not a place where you're supposed to go. But obviously on Linux, the, the freedom to break things is very real. You can do that on Linux. And part and parcel with the ability to, to break things is is the ability to build things. You can build them up. You can extend them. You can build upon the existing structures and come up with all kinds of weird hacks that no one ever thought of. And again, some of them may be things that no one cares about either, and that's okay too and that's why having eight hundred Linux distributions or six hundred or a hundred or fifty or whatever it is that's why having that does sort of speak to this. this is the culture of of this platform it's that there's no expectation that anyone else cares about what you're doing with that platform no one else has to care and because it's open source you can still put it out there you can put it online and people so if if someone out of 6 billion people on the planet if someone does care then now you've got two people who care and isn't that exciting but obviously in real life like outside of podcasting and outside of outside of being online, just in real life, in everyday life, there's really only one person, or maybe two, or maybe five, whatever, but for for you, there's one person who whose opinion really really matters and that is your own and if linux as a platform is enabling you to make your life better whether it's because because it just makes you happy or whether it's because it saves you two hours off uh, out of your day so you can spend two hours with with your partner or with your with it with a, with your kids or something or, or just doing something else out in the garden whatever you do for for fun outside of computers then that's huge and that's a that's a I mean, it's a, it's a life-changing thing. And again, that's a very overused kind of concept. But I'm talking about just on your day-to-day, day-to-day routine. Like, if something improves that day-to-day routine, then that does, literally, it changes your life. It, it changes that, the, the way that your life progresses through a day. And, and if it's doing that and affecting you and your family, then that's a huge deal for for you and and possibly for your family. So that's it's really really significant that there is that level of choice in Linux and that that brand of choice extends into many different areas of Linux. I mean, I've been talking about designing a new distribution or a new, uh, writing a script to help you do some routine task that you don't want to actually physically have to do every hour on the hour or whatever. But, but it's, it goes much farther than that. I mean, it, it, it is in that freedom in is is evident in all of the different applications that we run on linux it is evident in all of the different desktop features that we have on linux it's evident in how we save and read data on linux in these open file formats it's evident in the way that we that we upgrade our software and that we keep our software updated and we we the the way that we install software in the first place. It's evident in in how many different choices between software we have. Why do we need 31 different text editors? Well, it just so happens that there are 31 text editors, more than that, but there's at least 31 of them, right? And, And the reason that we have 31 of the same applications is because if one person in the world would rather hit control than escape to trigger some action, then... Why not create a text editor that centers its commands around control instead of escape? It's, it, that's all the justification you need. The only justification you need to make your own Linux distributions is because you'd rather have a different wallpaper when, after you install the thing. The only justification you need for anything is your own whimsy. Whatever you want, you have the freedom and you are encouraged to build a solution around that choice. I don't think that scales necessarily out to other platforms, because a lot of other platforms are built around a marketplace. And, I mean, heck, sometimes the only way to get your application on a platform is through their marketplace. Or, or I guess, the only reasonable way to get it onto another platform is through their marketplace. So... I, I don't know that this model of sharing everything you have really works when all you are doing is sharing the product rather than the process. You may, you may share the product, you may charge for the product, you may not, but if it is just the product, that doesn't really encourage more product. It doesn't, it doesn't encourage people to, to follow suit it's just a package that's been delivered nobody knows how it got created no nobody knows where it came from it's just a thing that exists it's a it's a tool that they've been provided again either for free or for some money depending on what your tolerance level and your your ability to not charge for work is the 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 buck sort of stops there right you've you've produced the thing and that's it that's all anyone gets to see But there's something significant, I suspect, with sharing the entire process. That kind of openness encourages collaboration, it encourages innovation by inspiring people, and it is meaningful. All of these unquantifiable things boils down to that connection, to that meaningful, honest connection. Of even, I mean, you don't have to think about it. It's not a ritual that you go through. You're just publishing your code online. But in so doing, you're sharing quite a lot. And people know that. That comes through. And that's not something that you can replicate in a marketing campaign. That's an honest openness that brings other people closer to the thing that we all love, which in this context is computing, the technology that makes it possible for us to all do really, really amazing and creative and fun and and important things in our lives. Linux has that, and I I do believe that it's difficult to replicate it outside of of open source. And I'm, I'm really glad that we have that in Linux. And it's something that we cannot underestimate or fail to value. The choice within Linux is one of the main features. It's not the feature for itself. You can have lots of choice in lots of different things and it's not going to make that big of a difference. But the reason that the choice exists, and all of those forces that come together to produce sometimes way too much choice, that's important. And it's not easily replicated, and, and it's something that we should foster, and we should protect and encourage. Let's go get coffee. That's what I'm encouraging right now. Let's do it. We'll come back. We'll talk about Community <laughs> cup of coffee so I'm ready for the the, the second segment, the second half of the show. And for that second half of the show, I want to talk about community. And I want to make a bold statement here and say that community is the missing feature of most computing platforms. And I, I say that that's a bold statement because number one, if you really think about it, it must be untrue. Because Lots of people use other computing platforms. There's a community around all kinds of technical devices, so obviously there's community. And then it, it's also sort of a, a bold statement because a lot of people don't want community. I would, thank you very much, I'd rather just compute on my own and not have to deal with a bunch of other people. people dealing with people is a horrible thing. Nobody wants to do that. What are you talking about? Okay, so even with those two assumptions being made, I maintain my bold statement, and here is why. First of all, first bold statement was, or, or rather first counter to my bold statement was, there are communities all over the place. And that is, strictly speaking, true. There are there are communities built around Mac OS for in, or or Macs or Apple, the, the owning a Mac. It, it it automatically certifies you as part of a, 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 you're you're now a Mac user. And you and you kinda you say that. You, oh, I'm a i am use a Mac. And there's an identity there. Or or maybe you're a Windows user. Well, I'm a Windows user. All right. Well, there's an identity there, or maybe you're a proud Windows user. I'm a Microsoft person. Okay. Well, there you go. That's who you are. And there's the, the, there's a, the, there's lots of examples of that, right? I mean, you could go buy a specific mobile phone, like a a Galaxy. I believe that's a thing. So, I think. I mean, I know it's a thing because my phone says when I, I think when I boot it, it says Galaxy. So it's it's a thing. But I, I imagine that there are probably people out there who who say things like, "Oh yeah, I." I use a Galaxy phone or whatever, Um, and there are probably there are definitely people out there who say more broadly, I I, I use Android, I use iOS, that sort of thing, or iPhone, whatever. So there are communities, and if you go online and look for forums, for support forums and things like that, then you'll find them for all kinds of different things for devices, for software. You, You you'll stumble across Adobe Creative communities and and just all all manner of things really i mean it's it's in our nature humans we we tend to we tend to gather into groups and in order to figure out how those groups are to be defined we look for common threads or, or common ground we, we look for the the thing that we can group together the the little tags the labels what how can we define ourselves as a group oh you're using that thing well i'm using that thing let's we're, we're a group now let's build a forum and and we'll 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 share information and, and share complaints and so on but those things, the, the things that, the, these tags, these attributes that you get assigned to you through marketplace choices that you make, that isn't building a community. That's, that's maybe identifying other people who share the same attribute. But that doesn't mean that there's a community, and and it, it's a little bit, I guess, like the difference, maybe, if you will, and, and maybe, maybe maybe this won't apply to you, but at least in my life, and and I do know other people who have shared the same thing, so it it applies to more people than just me. Um, but out there, like when you're, for instance, at work, you're at a, at a job where you're paid to be, and and you make friends there. There there were air quotes that you probably heard around the word friends, and they are. Friends, more air quotes. Look at that. Um, and you do feel close to them, and and you know it's it it's a thing. It happens. It's natural. And I, I guess you could say, well, that's my work community. That's the community I know at work. And yet, at least again, in my experience, there is the understanding, however we we may ignore it or or not. There's the understanding that we're all being paid to be in the same room, or or. To be on the same video call, whatever, however you meet with your colleagues. And that's that there there's there is that truth. There there's a there's the issue of of sort of convenience and of 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 what has has caused you to come together. And that's not quite the same thing as a community. Because and you know that. Because then you go away from your work and you're around your family and your your selected friends, the people that you have identified in the world who you enjoy being around. And nobody has to pay you to be around those people. You actually actively seek them out. I guess I should say, by family, I meant the family that you've chosen, because I wouldn't make that assumption for a family that you were simply born into. I'm just saying, as an adult person in my life, the word family now has come to mean the people who I have chosen to be around in my life. So... There's, There are these these people who I might consider family, there are these people who I might consider friends, and, and then beyond that realm, there are the people who are physically nearby, there are the people in my city or my town who, who, who I see every day when I go to, well, not every day, but when I go outside, I, I might see some of them. When I go to the grocery store, I, I would... I will probably see some of them. That's that's part of that community. And that, that is very, very different than simply identifying people who happen to have purchased the same object that you have happened to purchase. And there may be love for that thing that you've purchased. I mean, you spent money on it. You had to go work to get that money, and you went out and you exchanged the money, or in other words, your your an abstraction of your hard labor for that thing so i mean there's some there's some reason that you intentionally got that thing and through a lot of clever marketing you may feel even privileged to have been sold that thing you might feel like you've been you've been accepted into a group because you are now a for instance a mac user or a a, a microsoft person or or a google person or whatever it is you, you feel like You have earned this distinction by choosing to spend your labor money on this object. And yet it's still not a community. It is still a a contrived method of identifying people who have gone through the same actions as you. Let's compare that to something like Linux, open source. You have not spent your labor money on, on Linux. You have adopted linux you have ch- made the choice to use linux and you are definitely spending your time using linux there there's there's a learning curve everyone knows that switching to a different platform requires a learning curve so switching to linux r- r- it had a learning curve that was that was that was there for you probably you had to spend time and effort to get up to speed on that platform and you could find other people with the same tag of yes i also spent time and effort getting up to speed on this platform. Well, we're a member of a group. Great, you got in the front door. You're in the same building now. What communities are going to form within that group? I'm not saying communities don't form in other groups. I'm simply saying that other groups are manufactured. They are established through business transactions. And there's a little bit of a limiting factor there. If the only reason that the community can exist is because there. are there is the established group of, of similar, of similar, of similarly tagged entities, then, well, not entities, people, then, then, then if the group goes away, if the, if the, if the reason of that group existing goes away, or if it changes in some drastic way, then the community is going to quickly die. And, and again, that's probably not actually necessarily, actually, I, st- I talked myself out of saying that even as I was saying it. I was going to say that might be true for Linux sometimes, but that's not true. I mean, we've seen CentOS recently receive a rather major blow to its existence, and yet we've seen another community start to form around the continuation of, uh, of that community, the, the continuation of that of that distribution from CentOS to Rocky Linux or, or, or whatever the next one is going to be. It looks like it's going to be Rocky Linux to me, but it could be something else. Or it could be several things, because there's choice in them. I should talk about that sometime. But a community has to be more robust than just being your work friends. It needs to be the people that you're around, because you want to be around them. It needs to be the people around you... Because they're working on things that you are also, that you have a vested interest in. And Linux excels at that because everything is being built by the community. It, it, there's no, there's no work building. The building that has grouped you together has to be built by the community. It, it's, it's being built up and maintained by the same people living inside of it. I don't want to go too far with this analogy and maybe I already have, but I mean, you get the idea that, that the community is a community because it, it is a community, whereas on other platforms, that community is, is only existing because there's a, a, a framework for in which it may exist. And yes, you could look at Linux and say, well, you know what, I mean, there wouldn't be a Fedora community if there wasn't a Fedora. And you'd be sort of right and also sort of wrong, because Fedora, whilst sponsored and and spun off of a Red Hat product, for instance, Red Hat Linux not Enterprise Linux, but just Red Hat Linux, became Fedora, well, the community migrated from the Red Hat Linux users to Fedora users, and I I truly believe, because we've seen it happen elsewhere, if Fedora went away tomorrow, then the Fedora community would migrate to the thing that would replace Fedora. We've seen that happen. We've seen it happen with Mandrake or Mandriva, linux we've seen it happen with crunchbang we've seen it happen with with gentoo going over to arch i think largely you know you see this thing happening pretty pretty frequently and yes you lose some people along the way and people phase in and phase out people get busy with real life and people get other interests and so on people get disenchanted and leave there are people hanging around who don't want to partake in the community or can't quite find the the, the right way to get into the community or, or can't exactly understand what it means to be a part of the community. And, and all of the different experiences, good and bad, they all happen. But they're happening. And they're happening because the community is maintaining both itself and the reason that it exists, which in this context is Linux. Now, the other thing that I had brought up was that not everyone wants a community that that's not a feature for everyone and and i feel like just as often as we take the community of linux for granted we also we also um, we also sometimes maybe we we hold it up a little bit too high sometimes we we assume that everyone sees a community as a feature and i mean i can tell you honestly that that that, that doesn't always happen um for for me I, there are certain things that I love a community around, and there are other things that I do not like a community around. and And I don't know you know I mean it doesn't matter really what the reason why. It's just for whatever reason, like the Linux community I really, really enjoy. and the um, the community around like video games, I, I, I tend to enjoy less because I when I play video games, I don't I don't want it to be a communal experience. I want it to be a retreat from from everything it it's it's time to play a video game and to disappear into a fantasy world of a video game not to then communicate with other players in that fantasy world so you know the world of warcraft type of experience is something that i i do not believe i would be interested in Uh, The the MMO sort of thing, or I don't even know what you call it when you go online and play with other people. You know, you shoot each other. I don't know what that's called. Whatever that is, not interested. Like, the arena style. Not interested. Just doesn't doesn't appeal to me. Magic the Gathering community? Not really into it. So I can imagine, and, and I feel like I could probably, if I really thought hard enough, I'd be able to pinpoint, you know, a couple of people who would bear this out like, as examples, but I can imagine there are people out there who just want to use a computer. They're not interested in a community around their computer. That that does not do anything for them. They, In fact, they may even find it confusing that there would be a community around a computer platform. Why do that many people care about the state of this computer? Why does it matter? just give me the thing and let me do the thing that I need to do on it and then I will put it down and walk away. Or maybe there's someone out there who wants to do all of those things and and sit at the computer and they do care about it all, they just don't want to hear from the other people. Those are fine ways to interface with a computer, to ignore the community around that computer. I mean, specifically speaking at this point about Linux. It's fine to be a Linux user and not be interested in the fact that there is a community around it. But You still care about the community. You may not know you care about the community. You may not care about the individual people in the community. You may not want to talk to any of them. But you still care that there is a community because... It is through a community that things get done. That seems potentially annoying because community is its a big group of people without faces. It's just a big mob. Who do you go to when you need help? Who do you go to complain to? All of these problems. At least when you have one company that is pushing this product out the door, you still, in the modern day, you still can't get to anybody to complain to, but at least you can throw money at it in the hope and wild prayer that they'll improve stuff. That at least feels like there's a potential for it to produce results. Whereas if there's just a big community out there, quote-unquote community, whatever that even means, how do you latch on to that, that mob, and how do you make them care about the thing that you care? And in fact, how can you even conceive of why the community cares about this subject and not that subject? At least if it's a business, you can understand. Well... They care about this and not that because their business plan says so. But when it's just a group of people, how do you how do you comprehend that? How do you make that make sense to yourself? Since clearly that is more important and this is not that important. So i think that the concept of a of a community and why it's a good thing can be very very difficult to explain to certain people but nevertheless it is the community that drives linux that's the whole premise here that's the the, the it's the community the people in the community that produce the thing uh, that that you are using and so for instance even though i may not care about the people who who built the TCP/IP stack don't care about them individually don't want to hear about them couldn't care less about how their days are going nevertheless i i really really am happy that they sat down at a table some at some point and collaborated on this stuff because that produced some pretty great results so the community of linux is an important feature even when you want to ignore that community and it is frankly a feature of linux and the Linux community that you are able to ignore the community. You can make that not matter to you. And the way that you can do that is to either just use the technology and forget forget that there is a community behind it all that's perfectly acceptable, or you can find some thing to stand in place of the community for you. That sometimes can be more difficult and less difficult depending on what you're looking for, but Recently, I feel like it's been pretty. Th- there have been a lot of things that you could you could substitute out for for a community. That that being a, a company, System seventy six, Dell with their their late their their latest Ubuntu offering, Lenovo with their Linux offerings, Pureism, pu- Pure Pureism, that one that that company, uh, Pine, um, lots of different companies at this point. Or what is it called, Pine? Pine64, something like that. Anyway, Raspberry Pi, Foundation, Chromebook. I mean, there are lots of things at this point sort of capitalizing, and I I actually don't mean that in a bad way for a change, on the thing that the community continues to build. Point is, the community can look any way you want it to. You can put a different face on it, but at, at the end of the day, that community is still there, and it is still the reason that these technologies are being built. And that's really, really pervasive. You see this... In all of the technologies, yes, Linux, but also just open source as a wider entity which encompasses things like the internet, the foundations of of mac OS operating system, the foundations increasingly more so than ever of of windows of, of the windows operating system and and the things that are running on the Azure cloud and all of those things it 's all wrapped up in this community and you know it's it's part of it's a feature that the community can be ignored you can as I said you can reskin the community to whatever form that you need it to to be for your for your own comfort levels for your own interest levels but the community still exists and I think without the community the technology well I mean I guess it's unquestionable that without the community the technology would have fallen flat like without the community I don't know where the Linux kernel would be today but it probably wouldn't be at version 5. 10, or whatever it is as of this recording. Without a community, open source wouldn't exist, and and on and on. There are lots and lots of different examples here. But community is a feature, and like choice, it's something that we should value and protect and encourage and foster and contribute to, at least as much as we want to. Obviously, we all have different tolerances for how involved in any given community we want to be, but I, I think it is healthy, and I think that it is our compulsion as human beings to partake at least in some small way in some small community and just as it is our compulsion to do that it is obviously also our right not to uh, partake in communities that we do not enjoy but luckily this community is big enough that there are lots of little communities within it and you can hunt down the ones that you enjoy that that encourage you and that empower you to do cool things and to do fun things and that build you up as a person and give you a sense of, of reason and purpose during the day and so on. I encourage you to do that. Find, find that little community that that that's actually constructive and encouraging and makes you happy and be a part of it. And that's really all I think the word contribute sometimes means, is just to kind of be there. Make your voice heard. Be a Be a human among other humans, and, and it's interesting what effect we have on each other. Like I say, find the ones that are positive for you, and be a positive force within them yourself, and, and good things typically happen. And as long as good things are happening in these little communities, good things are happening for the larger community. Everyone wins. I think that's everything I have to say about community, and choice, and Linux, and open source for this episode. Thank you very much for listening Thank you for being a part of my small community. I know that there are a lot of you out there that I don't ever communicate with, or communicate with poorly or irregularly, and and several other egregious errors that I make as someone who is broadcasting their voice onto the internet. But your participation, whatever that may be, whether it's just when you download an episode or when you email me or or talk to me on Mastodon or or however, whatever degree of, of interaction you and I have, dear listener. And again, sometimes that is no interaction except that you're downloading my show. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Of course, you can email me at clatu@member.fsf.org. at member.fsf.org. That's clatu@member.fsf, at member.fsf, as in Free Software Foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, GNU World Order.info and SlackerMedia.info. I will see you next time. insulting to his fellow man. Yet even in his least rollicking moods, there are moments of humor and sympathy.